Hi, everyone. Welcome to First Dose with Three Leaf, a podcast that gives you simple, trusted facts from cannabis industry insiders so you can decide for yourself how cannabis fits into your life. My name is Chelsea from Three Leaf, and I'll be your host. I'm here with my colleague, Three Leaf's co-founder and CEO, Shale Polywall. Shale, how are you doing today? Hey, Chelsea, how are you? I'm super excited about today's podcast. We're going to be talking about um, what to expect from uh, the continued legalization of cannabis. Um, we've got some new states that are uh, adopting recreational use of cannabis coming up very, very soon. And in Canada, uh, they're expanding the product categories that are legal for purchase uh, uh, nationwide in Canada. So there's lots of cool stuff happening on the legalization front. Completely right. Canada has Cannabis 2.0 coming around. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But why don't we just start with... With Three Leaf, we've obviously had the experience. We're over two years old now, but we launched Three Leaf Edibles in August 2017, right before adult use was legalized in California on January 1st, 2018. Let's break this down a little bit for everyone. Like, what does that mean? What is adult use legalization? What does that indicate for people? So, Chael, why don't you give us a little bit of insight into um, what Three Leaf was operating in before and what the switch was um, for us as a company once adult use in California was implemented? Because from there, this will help set the tone for um, the other legal markets that we want to talk about and just what legalization as a whole means for consumers, because it's a very exciting time right now for cannabis and legalization. Yeah, it is really, really interesting. And, and you know, so at Three Leaf, we've lived this for the past two and a half uh, years in California. And what's interesting is what we're going to share for California definitely will foreshadow um, and provide people some uh, expectations as to what's going to happen in some of these newer markets that are coming online, like Michigan and Illinois, um, and as things grow in Massachusetts and Florida. And what's interesting, Chelsea, is that um, California um, what we've been living in California was preceded by um, a full recreational market opening up in what we call the pioneer states like Oregon, like Washington State and like Colorado, where they legalized five or six years ago, in some cases seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then California came after that. And then after California was Nevada. And now, as I mentioned, there's all these other states coming online. So what's really what's really cool about this is that you're seeing on a state by state basis this recreational use legalization and, and it becoming more commonplace and, and the normalization of cannabis in people's day-to-day lives and, and just people should feel a lot more comfortable trying uh, cannabis products that they purchase at a licensed dispensary and just incorporating it into the, their day-to-day lives. So I think it's, it's this great trend uh, that's going across the U.S. and as we mentioned in Canada as well too. Um, and you were asking about what does recreational use legalization means? And so what it really means is that um, you or I can walk into a licensed dispensary. Uh, we do have to show ID and then we can go in and purchase a whole host of cannabis products from edibles and beverages to creams and lotions that are what you refer to as topicals. Um, um, or you can you can uh, purchase products that will help you smoke or vape cannabis products. And there's a whole bunch of different categories of uh, of products in, in that area. But you don't need to necessarily go in and have a specific uh, prescription from a doctor or a medical card that's been issued by uh, by a medical board to go in and purchase. And that was the big transition that we saw in California when we started 
um, in the second half of 2017, um, uh, cannabis was legal in California since 1996 for medicinal purposes. And so you had to go into a dispensary with, like I said, a prescription from a doctor or a medical card that was issued um, by an authority within the state of California. And the context was is that you were using a cannabis product to help you with a specific medical condition. And so that requirement's gone away now. And it's just, you, like I said, you just walk in with your ID and you can purchase a whole host of products for recreational purposes to just help you relax. But still, if you have a, a very specific medical condition, you've got uh, lots of different products to help you with those as well too. So it's really just opened things up and brought cannabis products in these states that have legalized to the forefront and to the mainstream. Right, exactly. And so um, just to give people a little bit more insight into what we've been operating in um, as a company in California, um, like you said, Shale, medical use was legalized in California under Prop 215 back in 1996. And then with adult use that did open up so that anyone um, could purchase cannabis under, um, so you didn't need any kind of uh, medical card. Um, so obviously because cannabis is not federally legal within the United States, um, it's under the law of each different state um, to be able to determine how, whether or not how cannabis is legal. So whether it's, um, medical use, whether it's adult use, you can have both. Some places only have medical. Some places are also only decriminalized. Um, there's a lot of, it, the U.S. right now is just a complete mixed bag of legalization. And like you said, it re is really exciting that we're seeing more states that are legalizing adult use because you can see the shift in the culture now that where cannabis is becoming more accepted, people are recognizing its value as a medical, um, as, as medicine, but also just um, it's recreational use because we're seeing that it's like a great alternative for people um, as opposed to alcohol, or there's also the benefits of it from the standpoint of consuming more cannabis rather than like Tylenol. Um, just like all of these different things, what legalization is opening up for people to have access to cannabis, just to be able to have the choice and the freedom to um, incorporate it into your life how you see fit, I think is such an exciting time because you could see um, um, like back in the day when Colorado legalized, for example, both medical and recreational, but there were so many people that were moving to Colorado so they could actually access cannabis as medicine. Um, a really fascinating story that I find is um, uh, the story of Charlotte's Web and the CBD right. product that they made where um, these brothers, these farmers, um, grew product that was really high in CBD and low in THC so that they could help this young girl, Charlotte, um, treat her epilepsy. She had, um, she was having uh, so many seizures a day. I can't remember the exact number, but it was absolutely incredible. And she was so young and where the, her family was living, they could not access medical cannabis. So they went to Colorado and they started, um, they started working with these brothers to create this strain of cannabis so that, because they found out that CBD was effective for treating her seizures. So Colorado was definitely one of the like catalysts for um, yeah. legalization. And it's so incredible. But those kinds of stories, what it's been able to show people um, who need cannabis as a medical alternative, because it's effective, it's the only thing that's working for them, right? So what that opens yeah. up for people is so exciting. 
Well, and it's interesting just to add to your story, that is very much a, a story that everyone should remember in this industry. And as, as more and more people become comfortable using cannabis products, the whole um, story of, and there was the, the, uh, the girl, I think she was 11 or 12 at the time, Charlotte, who was suffering from uh, an inordinate amount of um, seizures on a daily basis. And she started to use cannabis products to help her manage that. And I think now she's a young adult and lives a very healthy and active life. But, you know, parents took her to Colorado, as you said. And what's interesting is that the brothers that you were referring to, their, their, their last names are Stanley or the Stanley brothers. Mm-hmm. And so what's happened is based on the work that they did specifically for Charlotte, they were able to turn it into a product that was then available for others that were dealing with epileptic seizures. And they've actually been able to take that product and offer it in other parts of the U.S., um, which is fantastic. I know Stanley brothers products are available in California now as well, too, for example. But here's one other thing, Chelsea, too, is that same journey with Charlotte's Web and the Stanley Brothers. Actually, there was something else that was exciting is the US FDA just recently approved the first cannabis-based medicine, and it's with CBD called Mm -hmm. Epidiolex, which is specifically for treating epileptic seizures. And um, that's something that just happened earlier in 2019. And so that's- Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the fact that- the US FDA approved a, a medicine or a drug mm-hmm. that had a cannabis derived uh, ingredient in it was a huge step forward to bringing uh, cannabis products and derivatives to the mainstream. So that that was really, really super exciting. Right. One of the things, Chelsea, I wanted to mention too, and I know that because you spent a fair bit of time in California for Three Leaf as well too, is one of the things that, and it, I'm curious as to how this is going to unfold in some of the other states, but just with the history of legalization, there was this distinction between medical and recreational. And some states, even though they're moving towards recreational use of cannabis, they're maintaining that distinction. But one of the things that my experience has been in, in California, Chelsea, is that the distinction has has kind of dropped to the background a little bit because you can walk into a dispensary and you can say, I just want something that's going to help me relax. And there's lots of products to help you with that. But a lot of people uh, want to use cannabis products and incorporate it into their daily routine to bring a holistic or a balanced approach to how they live their life and be active and, and enjoy it. And they want it to be utilized to complement some other things that they're doing, like exercise, uh, a healthy diet. Maybe they've got some medication. And of course, people still want to and should enjoy you know, alcoholic beverages of their choice, but cannabis becomes part of that and brings, helps bring all those things into balance. And so we're finding that, you know, of course there are people with very serious medical conditions and uh, a larger dose of, of cannabis will help them manage a very specific pain, but we're seeing kind of a blending and a normalization of cannabis products along with all these other things. That's one of the things I've seen just uh, as we talk to consumers in California and I'm I'm curious, Chelsea, as to what you've kind of seen as over the last couple of years. Right, exactly. Well, so what happened when uh, California introduced adult use was uh, they changed the dosing guidelines was one of the biggest things that people had to, that brands, I mean, and uh, like retailers, everybody had to adjust to. What was incredible to see was just the way that companies had to adjust to all of these new laws that were introduced on January 1st. And one that really stood out to me was the dosing guidelines because, under adult use, you had to, you have to, and still to this day in California, 
Um, single serve products have to have no more than 10 milligrams of THC per serving, and you can have 100 milligrams per package. Um, but what that meant for the industry was like there was products that had like a, there was like cookies that had like a thousand milligrams per cookie right. and so i get where they're coming from with this completely because sometimes people they couldn't like get access to a dispensary that often or because there were people were operating very much in this gray market it was like is this place going to be open and for the consumer it's like how often can i get there because i'm living with all these different things maybe i can only get one cookie once a month so like you have to break up this cookie and make it work for you over a long period of time there is also like um the intentions of actually like getting high which is very much uh like what you can do with a thousand milligrams i would not suggest it for new consumers whatsoever <laughs> i've never experimented with it whatsoever um and so what i'm saying with this though is just there was a lot of um, leeway that companies had within the medical market in terms of like dosing because they're just, the rules weren't in place, right? And so people are kind of doing things on the fly and just making products with all these different doses. And then now everything has been level set. And so, like I said, you can get um, an edible with 10 milligrams per serving or 100 milligrams per package, no more than that. And it has been interesting to see, like, I just, I'll never forget it. It was so incredible just to see all these brands like scrambling to try and get the dosing right because with dosing, they also introduce lab testing. So you right. actually have to send your products into a lab to ensure, it's not like a brand or a company can just go and be like, yes, this is definitely has 10 milligrams. Like we checked, it's cool. No, it gets sent to a lab and they there's a third party that is checking um, what the dose is. They're also checking for um, like heavy metals, pesticides, all these different things, microbes, and all of these things that are um, that could be contained in your product. Because prior to that, again, no one was checking. And so you could hope that you were getting quality products, but you didn't know unless you went to the farm and went and checked it out or talked to them. And so there has been a lot of um, boundaries that have been set on the industry in order to keep consumers safe. Those are really, really important points um, about what, um, you know, what some of the dosing was before and what it's like today. And these are certainly things that, you know, we would expect to see in some of the newer states that are about to become legalized, like Michigan and Illinois and, and other states that we mentioned is that those dosing limitations, Chelsea, they're based on uh, medical research, right? And so 10 milligrams uh, for an individual serving is what medical science has, has communicated to be a reasonable dose for an adult. Um, and look, you know, we, we, we talk about and we marvel at how you could buy products that had 500 and 1,000 milligrams. But, you know, some of it was, like you said, for people that wanted to get high, but some of it, some people genuinely deal with severe pain Completely. and 10 milligrams isn't going to be enough for them. So there was a purpose, a logic behind it as well, too. And then, again, like you were saying, if they were disabled or they were, um, you know, just in a place that wasn't close to a dispensary, there was some practical reasons why those products had the dosing that they did so that people could actually get access to them and enjoy them. And so what, what I like about where this is going and one of the huge benefits of legalization, and you just touched on one of the most important ones is, you know, putting some standards and regulations in place 
make sure that people are protected. And so they, they, it, it starts with that dosing limitation and then that packaging limitation where you can't purchase more than 100 milligrams at a time in an edible product or a beverage, for example. And what's interesting, just to add some context, is Chelsea, what you're referring to were the limitations found in the state of California. And what's interesting in Canada, um, edibles are about to become legal in Canada uh, very, very soon. And so they, like California, have that dosing limitation per serving of 10 milligrams. But they've also limited the amount you can purchase in a package of edibles to be 10 milligrams. And, and there's some interesting feedback that people are providing is that it's, it's not going to be enough. Um, and it's going to create a lot of waste from packaging and things like that. And I think it's something that the Canadian regulators will adjust uh, very soon. Um, and the thing to remember, whether it's California or Canada or Michigan or Illinois, the regulators are setting about doing these things with the intent and the spirit to protect the consumers. Mm -hmm. And I think they're always putting their best foot forward with what they think is the right thing to do. And what I, what we've seen in California, because we've seen some changes to the rules and regulations over the time that we've been uh, offering our products there. And we've certainly seen the same thing or heard about the same thing in Colorado and Washington and Oregon is that they do uh, change and iterate the regulations. It's always for the better. It's always right. for consumers. And so I think we'll see that in some of the other markets as well too, but it's always Chelsea, like you said, for the spirit and the intent of protecting the consumers, but at the same time, um, allowing them to purchase these products and, and normalize it and make purchasing decisions the same way they do with regular food and beverage products. Right, exactly. And I think what is amazing about the cannabis community and the fact that more people are um, realizing that cannabis is an incredible, incredible plant-based medicine um, and just like seeing all the benefits of it is you can actually like just seeing the way that the community moves what's happening within um, how legislation is introduced and how people are talking back. Like for example, in California, um, they just introduced um, the SB 34 bill, which so that passed, and that was um, for it's about um, sorry Dennis Perot and the Brownie Mary um, bill, which basically introduces um, compassionate care again to um, people like veterans or people from the marginalized communities, people that have also been um, impacted by the war on drugs. There's um, yeah. a lot of different the history of just uh, everything is very much interwoven with cannabis. And what's so incredible is to see how people are like calling out the industry so that it is more inclusive. And we see the way that like women are making space for more women and making, and we're all making more space for people of color within this industry and this community, right. because I think what's so cool about legalization is that yes, it's creating this, other industry, but we don't want to forget who helped build it and who um, is who needs access to this, right? And like what we're talking about in Canada, how they're introducing only 10 milligrams per serving. You're right. Like that is, it's effective. You will feel the effects, but not everyone can get the medical benefits from only 10, a 10 milligram dose edible. So I think for people to be um, aware of what is going on in your state or your province and knowing like what is legal, what is not, but then also figuring out like what you can do to change and make cannabis more accessible for more people. And whether that's like in the jobs that we create or the way that people are able to purchase cannabis. So like 
how they have access to dispensaries or like if there's like online shopping, um, just like all of these different things, look into it and know that you can do something about it. Yeah. And, and that last point about, you know, e-commerce and online shopping is a really uh, interesting one as well, too, because, you know, one of the things, again, to compare some of the different markets, and this is, I think, what we can expect to see in some of these new markets that are opening up is, um, you know, during our time, you know, obviously there are licensed dispensaries where you can physically walk in and, and talk to people and, and purchase product. And that I think will always be there. Um, but like we saw with online shopping in general, and obviously Amazon is the biggest example of this, is that it grew over time, right? And so people needed to initially touch and feel and try on products. And especially with cannabis, we we think that you need to you know, have a kind of an objective in mind as to what you want to do with these products when you incorporate them into your life, try them out, get educated and informed about what the different products can do. And then, and then start with uh, relatively low doses, micro dose, like two and a half milligrams or, or two milligrams, and then build up your uh, use of it into your day-to-day life as you get more and more comfortable. Um, and so similarly with that, uh, purchasing online, you talked about online sales and e-commerce. So that's something that's been growing and evolving in California. And we've seen it uh, grow uh, in the two and a half years we've been there. And it's interesting that on the Canadian side, you've got some provinces that allow it and others that don't. But I think uniformly, everyone believes that eventually you'll be able to purchase products online Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as you can in stores. And so again, in some of these newer markets that are coming online, I think we'll expect to see that type of evolution as well too, where it starts with with you know going into physical stores and then eventually becomes part of an online thing. And then even with an online, you know, you ordering online and then picking up in the store, kind of like what you do with Starbucks mm-hmm. right now is one way to go. And then obviously the, the next uh, wave to that or the next aspect to that which is more like Amazon as you purchase online and don't deliver to your home. And so all these things are, are part of the, the naturalization or the normalization of, of cannabis um, products and, and then how you can purchase and enjoy them. And so we're seeing this, you know, kind of real time in California right now, and it's going to be very exciting to see how this evolves across the U S and Canada. Yeah, completely. It is really exciting. And it's just so incredible to see how cannabis has moved from this highly stigmatized and illegal drug into what's going to become a regular product that you can purchase online or in stores. I think it's so exciting to see, but um, there's definitely a lot of kinks to work through for sure, especially we're in the early stages of the industry and um, of legalization, but it is, you're right, it's so exciting just to see everything that's happening and and what we're moving towards and making sure that um, cannabis is accessible for people and also making sure that it's um, high quality and safe products. Yeah, Yeah, Chelsea, one more thing I'll share before we wrap up here is one of the things that we've seen that's very, very interesting is just the approach to the legalization. And so um, because cannabis and cannabis products were more uh, part of common culture and society on the West Coast in California and Oregon and Washington, and I think Colorado gets uh, included in there as well, too, is when we saw medical legalization and then full recreational legalization, the, the approach uh, of the industry and, and getting consumers comfortable was more like um, 
purchasing regular consumer packaged goods or food and beverage products in, in grocery stores and in other retail locations. You, you, that's, what the, that's what the experience was like. Um, in other parts uh, of the US and, and to some degree in Canada, um, legalization has unfolded more from a medical or pharmaceutical perspective. And what I mean by that is at first you'd have a list of ailments or, or medical conditions that could be treated with cannabis and you get your doctor to write your prescription that tied into the list of acceptable, accepted medical conditions that could be treated with cannabis. It started from there and then became more stream and more normalized. And so now you don't have to worry so much about a specific medical condition. You just have to be of age and you want to make sure, like you said, uh, very importantly, that the products are lab tested and sold only in licensed locations because then they're really safe for everyone to consume for whatever their objective is. And so it's all coming towards uh, a, a standardization and a normalization within our day-to-day -day lives. It just happened to come from a different perspective, but I think it all, <laughs> excuse me, leads to the same place, which is, okay. you know, with a low dose and with an objective in mind, you can really enjoy these products and, and incorporate them into your day-to-day -day life, along with a lot of other things you should do uh, to make sure you've got a good balance between cannabis products and other products and just really uh, maximize what you get out of every single day. Right, exactly. And one more note that I just want to make about legalization, I think it might be one of my favorite parts about legalization is um, the legalization in California of cannabis events. So you can actually get a cannabis events license um, from the VCC, you can apply for it. And we partnered with some fantastic event organizers um, where it actually, you're allowed to go to events where consumption on site is completely legal and they're absolutely incredible. They do like these infused dinners. Food Flower Future is one of them. We have an event coming up with them on December 5th, or sorry, excuse me, December 7th. I'm so excited about it. And they do these gorgeous infused din dinners where um, they do like cannabis pairings with a five course meal. So there's all these really exciting things that are happening in culture um, where there's like music that's also infused with cannabis and um, like consumption on site. But then there's also like these dinners or these brunches where you can consume cannabis. And what's so cool about them is they're not only showing you how you can experience cannabis in all these different ways, but you're also getting to learn about cannabis. And it's a different way to um, access information and education in addition to like trying all these really great products. And so there's a lot that has been introduced in legalization. Um, that we've seen in California and we're seeing places like Canada work through the kinks and California is still going through it and as more states introduce it there's always stuff to learn um, and work through and it'll get there for sure but um, I'm just I'm loving the what we're in right now and just what seeing what people are doing to bring new innovation to cannabis and to the community it's very exciting it is very exciting and and uh you know, for sure, the last thing <laughs> that I'll mention is that when, when you and I, when you and I talk to people, to consumers that try cannabis products, and obviously we're biased, so when they try our products, you know, we're really listening to what they say. It's when they share stories with us that it helped me with this, or it helped me with that, or it's just, mm -hmm. it's what you guys said it was going to be. Those are the kinds of things that just warm our hearts and and, and keep us going and, and, and excited about why we got into this. It's really just to offer some really good quality products to people that to help them with some specific things around health and wellness. And so, you know, when we hear those stories, it's just, it, it's really exciting and, and, and heartwarming. Right. 
I think that is an excellent note to end on, Shale. So I want to thank all of you for joining us today for First Dose with Three Leaf. If you have any questions, as always, please, please, please reach out to us. Send us a note at hi at threeleafedibles.com. That's H-I at threeleafedibles.com. And you can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Three Leaf Edibles. Um, hit us up, send us a DM, um, comment on our pictures, whatever you want to do. Let's interact, let's communicate, let's converse. Um, and thank you so much for being here with us on First Dose with Three Leaf. Um, please subscribe so you can keep up to date on all of our episodes and share this with your friends so that we can keep on sharing these cannabis facts and information. And we are looking forward to seeing you on the next episode of First Dose. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.